Hello, eye drops. Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark but starts with, well, it's Thursday, so it doesn't start with a question, but what it does have is a guest. I'm Katie Nolan. Today's guest, I'm so happy she's here. Rachel Nichols, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! That's her. Just well, tell it's, everybody? it's me cheering, but it's you cheering. What? We can tell. I'm people. cheering because I'm here. Yeah. That's why I'm cheering. I'm happy I'm here. I do want to tell people our setup, though, because just well, so, so I'm sitting on my bed as usual. What's up? Live from the bed uh, <laughs> with headphones on and not a lot of makeup. Rachel showed up as I knew she would because she had the jump today. Exactly. Full hair and makeup looking like a superstar drinking with- drinking oh, something out of a bottle. What is this? Bleep that, Travis. It's not sponsored by She's drinking a beer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's seven o'clock at night where you yeah. are, at least. So yeah. I'm taking the opportunity. Which means that it's gonna... four o'clock where you are. Okay. But my workday starts at 730. Okay. okay. All right. That's a good point. A.M. <laughs> I, I texted so you today mine... at what time? Because I texted you good morning. And then I'm like, it's definitely not morning for her. <laughs> it was like 11. It was when I woke it's up. It's always morning. So. It was late. It's, all good. it's, it's all morning good. until we have a beer and then yes. morning finally then, stops. I mean, although it's a good morning nice. on the weekend, if you can also grow up and so. Yeah, man. Do you, you wake up at the game? same time on the weekends? God, no. I mean, good. I do right now because I travel a lot and I try to take early flights so I can have a day at home. But um, yeah, if I can get the chance to sleep in, I'm, I'm still wired for covering sports at night where, you know, I would work until one or two in the morning and then kind of relax right and hang and go to bed at 4 a.m and then wake up at noon but I can't yeah okay thank you first of all thank you for saying that normalize (laughs) waking up at noon when you stay up late at night it's a thing Um, that like culture seems to be okay with adapting to a lot of people's preferences in a lot of certain ways but nobody mm -hmm. will accept that some people work at night and and sleep in and work better at night oh my god I don't feel awake until like four or five our first meeting for the jump is at 7.30 in the morning. What Pacific would I time. get done in that meeting? The answer is zero. I would and not I, be able to function. I have to have read stuff prior to that mm. so that I can talk about sort of anything overnight that happened in the, excuse me, in the NBA. And like, I, I got to tell you, I am not a morning person. So every single morning, I've been, we've been doing the show for more than five years. Every single morning, I'm unhappy when my alarm goes off. Like Damn. every time I'm not used to it. I'm not happy about it. It's a problem. It's not good. My natural sleep pattern is. Yes, you have summed up as the child of a bartender who was a Mm -hmm. bartender herself. uh, You have summed up exactly why I think I've aimed my my trajectory towards a late night TV show, because I'm like, I can't do the morning prep. I need the the earliest prep to be around (laughs) noonish. Otherwise, I'm going to be useless. It's not going to be good. I'm not, I can't, if I had to be on TV at 7.30 in the morning. No, no, I can never, I, I, there was a point, different points in my career where I had different sort of interests from a morning show here or something like that, where it was going to be early. And, and I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. And I had an agent who was just like, well, yeah, but come on, Rachel, like they want you, you want to go in and talk to them and maybe you leverage it for another Mm -hmm. offer. And I was just like, I'm never going to work for a morning show. It's never going to happen. I can never do that. So like, there's really no point wasting everyone's time. That makes me feel so comforted because there have been times, I mean, I think what I've heard from my agents in this short career I've had that feels 30 years long at this point <laughs> yep. uh, is that they're like, you say no a lot. And I'm like, do I? I, I thought that I, I say no because I'm like, I, I, 
not because I don't think it's a great show, but because either I don't think I'm good enough for it or because I'm like, I just know that you won't get good what I'm good for if you have me working a 7 a.m. show. It won't. I'm I'm sorry, but I have to say no for out of respect for you. So to hear you say that you've also drawn lines of just like oh, it's, it just won't work. It what is one work. of the first on-air conversations you and I ever had when you were starting Garbage Time, right? Yeah. And I said, uh, I said, my the only you said, what's your best advice? I said, the only piece of advice I can give you is just remember, no is a complete sense. Yeah. No period. You don't have no, to give 17 complete. reasons. I've repeated this multiple times. That I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think that interview, I interviewed Rachel. Oh my God, when was that? Is that 20? 14 2015 time is a flat circle i have again no idea time anything 2015 is sounds like two years ago and it was could not be. it was could many be. years ago you uh, don't know that but 2015 I, it, could be two years ago you don't know i don't who does who's to say mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. in charge of time there is no time lord exactly um but rachel was one of my first guests i want to say on the garbage yeah. time podcast and i think about it constantly i quote it constantly <laughs> i've internalized it to the point where i'm like this person is a woman i need to keep in my life forever you gave me so much wisdom and you were so kind and i've just always felt like the reason i wanted to you know tell my audience how much i love you is because you've been a force in my career and I don't even know if you realize how helpful you've been to me in that you gave me sort of like, hey, here's what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it ever feels like it isn't that, you can call mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, when we see each other, we can catch up. But we don't like you. You just uh, I don't know. You kind of made it a lot easier for me, not just by doing your job as well as you've been doing it which makes it easier for any woman who comes after you, but just by like saying, hey, you're cool. Everything's fine. Take a deep breath. Call me if you need anything. And uh, I I don't, I just wanted to make sure I told you, uh, thank you for that. You've been such a wonderful friend and resource for me in my career. Well, you are cool and everything is fine. Well, I mean, so I, easy, I meant it cool easy like you're fine. I'm not No, I know, cool. but you know you just are. how not cool I am. I mean, you're sitting on a bed with a giant <laughs> microphone and- and that's normal size. That's totally- That's a normal size That is not a normal size microphone. This is just a regular old microphone. No, that, that is- I work out of my house now. I'm a person enormous. who lives at my home and works <laughs> at my home. I thought this career was like, I picked one that forces me to leave the house and it just simply- has not over no. the last year no. of my life. <laughs> no, but yours is your yours has been a little different. Your pandemic yeah. experience. Did you have a lockdown point at all at any point, or did you yeah. have you been kind of going since? No, no, no. So you know, uh, we had kind of a weird thing in LA where we saw, you know, we meaning the county in LA, LA County, California, saw what was happening in New York with COVID and how hard New York was hit by COVID right at the very beginning. So they locked down LA County before the COVID rates made that necessary, they were just like, okay, go figure. We're going to tell everyone, imagine advanced planning and being concerned about a deadly virus. Mm. Um, So they kind of locked everything down in LA. When that happened, ESPN closed our LA studio. So Bristol was still functioning, but they closed down New York and Los Angeles. And for us at the beginning, they were like, great, we're just going to, it's an emergency. We're going to run sports center, like 400 hours a day, like, we'll see if there's a way we can get your show back on the air at some point. And 
that felt sort of, first of all, I mean, just this global pandemic was happening, which was super scary and weird and, you know, everything that went along with that first month for all of us. But also it felt like, okay, but there's a lot still happening in the NBA, even though it's shut down. And we all wanted to kind of find a way to continue our show. And and it was just nobody at that point, you just didn't know, right? Was yeah. LA going to be shut down for a year, two years, three years? Like, what the I hell remember we it? joked that it was going to be right? a year thinking like, right. it's probably uh-huh. two weeks, but imagine if we got a whole year. A whole year, year. right. Oh, wait, no. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff moving around, right? They um, they had announced that High Noon was leaving, but then it was like within two weeks, everything left. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was sort of like wow, the I whole schedule shifted, so to that. Yeah. right? Because, and then Pablo, I mean, I can't even imagine Pablo. Who, Having a baby. Who like, he went to the hospital in the morning. Wasn't it that day that, that his daughter was born that they announced that High Noon no, was No, because I was at the, the office. I was at the office. It must have been right, like maybe a week or two before. Okay. All I know, remember is it was all concurrent. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that then within a week also the world shut down. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Pablo had a baby and like everything outside of his apartment will never be the same again. Exactly. <laughs> so I remember thinking that and just thinking for us, hey, we, we would still like to have a basketball show. So we were trying to figure out ways to do it, even though we could not go into our studio. And um, just eventually they figured out sort of a new quote from home live technology. And we did that for a while, which was integrating like six people from 12 places and all I that mean, stuff. That's got to be frustrating. Well, here's the thing. And we were talking about this right before you started recording. There's a whole lot of things I'm not good at. And it turns <laughs> yes. out that some of those are what's involved in being like a crazy one-man band of a television show. So Mm -hmm. let's list some of the things I'm not good at. I am not good at being a camera person. Not great at it. Don't have Mm -hmm. like great artistic vision on exactly where to set the camera and angles and depth perception. And by the way, Rachel, the frame rate isn't working. So can you fix that? No, I can't. I don't know what that means. So there was that. I'm not good at being a sound or audio person. Half the time I sounded like I was coming from a well. I don't know. We still kind of do, to be honest. I still kind of do. You need a giant microphone. That's what you need. Team wired headphones, (laughs) which you and I are proud members of. I will never succumb to the AirPods. Um, uh, So there's that. And as I, as I was recounting, I just said to one of our bosses, you know, Hey, do you, did you go to school for um, makeup? Are you certified in doing makeup? And, And our boss was like, no, I said, neither was I. It's amazing. I don't know how to do that at a professional level. So that was an adventure. Um, Yeah, the time that people spent uh, learning how to do makeup, I spent learning how to do this job. Like the reason I'm sitting here is because I have no idea how to put makeup on my face. I was very singularly focused on becoming good at doing whatever this is. Yes, yes. And look, it's so funny when you talk about that stuff. There is no one, I've had people I've worked with over time who are sort of like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter what the lighting is. And I'm like, well, it kind of does. And Mm. it doesn't matter whatever it is. And I say to them, I am not the one who thinks how I look is important. Right. There is nobody more than me who would be thrilled if Mm -hmm. I could just be the same as my male colleagues and be a woman in my 40s and not have everybody constantly analyzing how I look, having that be something viewers are talking about, having that be something my bosses are talking about. No one would be happier than me for this not to be true. But since I don't run the world and it is true, you got to help me out here, people. Right. It was uh, one of the craziest things when I got to ESPN was finding out that there was no, uh, and this is probably true of a lot of companies, so I'm not just Mm -hmm. like on ours, that there was no wardrobe department. 
And I was like, hi, I don't know how to dress myself. Right. <laughs> I only wear graphic t-shirts and jeans because usually I get to work and somebody goes, this is what will look like you know how to dress yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when I got here, I was like, you want me to wear my own cl- clothes? And so like <laughs> going into TV studios, that was hard for me. It's actually become easier over the pandemic because I'm like sick. I can show up in a hoodie and no one can say anything because it's my clothes. I'm in my house. And it's a global pandemic. There's a crazy virus. I don't have a laundry service pressing my fine shirts. (laughs) I don't own many fine shirts. I was going to say, do you own fine shirts? I have a couple. I think what qualifies as a fine? What does that mean? They're from, you can only dry clean them. I know that's okay. step one. You cannot okay. wash them yourself. They have to become extra difficult to get clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're usually made out of some material that you don't encounter very often in your daily life. Those Here's are my two, two criteria. Two rules I have for purchases. Um, well, three actually, sorry, three rules. One, nothing that requires dry cleaning. You don't own any clothing that requires dry cleaning. I mean, I probably own clothing that the person who made the clothing intends to be dry cleaned, but I don't buy anything I don't think can just go in the laundry. Every time I put one of those shirts in the laundry, this dumb t-shirt included, Mm -hmm. something has happened to it to screw it up that I'm like, oh, if I had gotten it dry cleaned, that wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Like the seams on the side become front seams and they're all twisted and you're like, what is this? That could be a look. I also (sighs) don't own an ironing board. Ooh. I do own weirdly an iron and oh, I well, don't that's now that seems <laughs> yeah I, I have found to question this... that <laughs> yep I, I I kind of made it I put two and two together the other day I was like huh I own this iron but I own no ironing board hmm. and then my third thing is that I don't buy anything for my kitchen that can't go in the dishwasher and again I'm sure I own pots or something or knives or something to. that aren't supposed to but again I just, my time I feel is more valuable and it will go in the dishwasher. And if I have to replace it in three years, I will go buy a new pot at Target, which is where I buy my pots. So it's all good. So wait, now let me ask, where do you buy your makeup? Mm, uh, Also, well, Target, if I can, if I'm lucky enough, but there aren't that many Targets near me. Uh, I'm a big drugstore makeup person. And I mooch from the people who are uh certified Certified. and professionals to do makeup. I started buying nice makeup as soon as someone put nice makeup on me and said, don't, you don't have to search for it. Just buy this. Just buy this. And you're like, okay. Exact color. Yes. Yes. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. So I've missed mm-hmm. those people, but so mm-hmm. you've been back, you're now in, so now we're studio. back in the studio, right? Is so after a in studio or some so, people still remote again, that's all gone. So we had a period of quote live from home, which is sure. what they called it, but we didn't, I'm really angry. And our producer, Danny Corrales was really angry that we could never come up with a clever name. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was highly questionable from home? highly quarantined, highly quarantined and PTI was part in the something. Um, Oh yeah. What was it? Something also super clever and smart. Apparently, yeah. Eric Rideholm is brilliant. Well, haha, like we didn't know. Yeah. Eric Rideholm is brilliant. Eric Rideholm's good at by, making TV. By, by the way, in case we didn't know for the 8,000th time, Eric Rideholm is brilliant and can think of all this stuff. And we at the jump, the jump, it's short. It doesn't fit. It doesn't go yeah, with Yeah, there's no way you can call we that. Didn't, like nothing the, cute. The, the stay put. I right, don't know. no, <laughs> I know it doesn't, doesn't have the same ring. So we did that for a while. Then I was in the bubble for uh, the NBA bubble for what felt like eight, 10, 
10 years. I don't know how long did the bubble go? Three months, whatever it was. It, it felt like eight years. I think eight years was right. Three months right? way off. And then <laughs> we were in the studio. We had started to be back in the studio right before that. And then in the studio. And then there was just this weird fluctuation as case rates went up and down of people can be in the studio with you. Oh, wait, no, never mind. No oh. one can ever be in the studio with you. Well, someone can be there if they're 15 feet from you. So we've gone through all of those iterations. But it's funny, you know, I am, uh, this is going to shock you, Katie. I don't want to like tell you some of my personal beliefs here. I, I believe in science. I know it's what? it's crazy. Um, so Travis, we'll have to cut this part out. I know, it's right. Controversial. No, it's a little bit insane. <laughs> um, so obviously, if you believe in science and doctors and people who have all kinds of training as opposed to checking Facebook, um, you know, for all of this time, we have all been very careful. You know, I wear my mask everywhere. I do all the stuff. Um, I carry hand sanitizer with me to the point where there's the only thing I smell like now, which I think is sexy. <laughs> I think it's totally fine. It's and your a musk. It's an interesting it's musk. It's got a little bit of a bite flavor. To it. yeah. yeah, it's not good. My my children are not happy about that. Anyway, um, um, but now I'm fortunate enough that I was able to get vaccinated. I think most people have been eligible to get vaccinated in this country. They've been open. Vaccination has been open in every state since April 15th. And I'm also psyched that I believe in science now and feel like much more comfortable when I'm in the studio or we don't have our masks on, obviously, when we're doing TV. And even afterward, if I'm sitting and talking to someone who's vaccinated, guess what? Science is exciting and has allowed us in the face of this like crazy, miserable pandemic to actually like return to our normal lives. So I've been trying to return to my normal life now that I am like my two weeks and I'm fully vaccinated and feel like this is cool. This, this felt like, Hey, this was this crazy thing. The world has not seen in what a hundred years since the Spanish Mm. flu. And we have some pretty amazing, smart people in this country who were able to get a handle on it in a way that I think we're all going to be deeply grateful for, for a long time. That's always been the thing for me too, is like uh, comfort. Being comfortable, being close to people again and not having to worry about it was always my thing. I understand there were people that everyone's got different levels of comfort. My whole thing was like, I can't do my job if everyone around me isn't comfortable. It's Mm -hmm. a huge, important part of the world functioning. And I don't mean totally comfortable and coddled, but like it is uncomfortable to be flying in the face of science and hoping you don't get it. And I'll tell you, when I got it, mm-hmm. I was worried. I, I I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The hardest part of finding out you have COVID is those mm-hmm. first few days where you're yeah. like, no, when you're like, how bad is this going to get going to go? Like, right. Is this no. me getting sick and that's frustrating? Or is this me about to die? And or even if you my don't whole feel life that- never going to be the same again. Exactly. Like, I and don't like, die, I've, but I will always have this. Extra I read a bunch of articles that would always say like people's experiences were like yeah I would feel fine during the day and awful at night or every time right. I felt like I turned a corner it got worse I didn't right yeah. and I was like oh so every time I felt like I turned a corner I was like do not get your hopes up this thing might come right <laughs> back and punch you in the face which it did a couple of times but luckily it wasn't that bad but it just felt like a lot of people's responses to this were so like I'm fine so why does everybody else care right. it's like well because not everybody else is fine and that's that's it I think it should just be like you believe in what you believe but stop don't put other people in danger it's also been look you know we can we can say hey the statistics are and katie i sounds like you feel totally normal now right and you are just so young and healthy and and i mean i feel depressed as hell rachel for being honest i don't think that has anything but i don't think that's covid related no those are my chemicals there are plenty of people who are young and healthy and not and i cover the nba and right now on the boston celtics you have jason tatum who had covid in early january and it's 
April. Now it's May. It's May. And he oh still God, uses it. I know, which is to, again, time I got to send my mom a Mother's Day gift. No idea. Um, do you know? Okay. Um, that uh, it's May and he has to use an inhaler before yeah. every game because he was just having so much trouble getting up and, and it's down a the guy court. whose career we're seeing like take off he's clearly right. got this he scored 60 points the other night like it's not like when people and then i heard you know it's funny jason tatum is held up held up as someone who has had long-term problems from covid because he has yeah and then you see people on the internet who are sort of those deniers be like well he just scored 60 the other night i guess he's fine and yeah he did and that's incredible but he had to use an inhaler he had to do it with the help of an inhaler yeah he never had that to do he that never before. had before and his teammate on the celtics now evan fournier which by the way if I, if I can leave you with one thing, last time we did this, it was Noah's a complete sentence. Yep. This time it's do not ever Google Evan Fournier's last name ever. Why? Just trust me. Just okay. in our you friendship. You know going to do it. You know In I'm our friendship. Just know, have I ever given you bad advice? Never. Genuinely, no. no. So there you go. I'm just telling all your listeners out there, don't ever Google okay. Evan Fournier's last name. Evan Fournier, the player, you will probably end up with his stats. That's fine. But just Fournier... Don't do it. You don't want to do it. And you certainly don't want to Google image search. I'm just saying. Jeez Louise. Anyway, what I will tell you, though, is that he's traded to the Celtics. This is a guy who's played in Orlando, not a team that has had great postseason success. Yeah. He goes to the Celtics, a team that has been in the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. He's like, oh, my God, this is the break I've been waiting for. He gets coronavirus. And he said that even though he has been, quote, recovered and now is testing negative and is allowed to rejoin the team, he said he feels like he has a concussion all the time. Whoa. And he's 28 years old and a professional Whoa. athlete in very good shape. So, again, it, everybody is different. To your point, you recovered great, wonderful. But I'm, again, yay science. And I'm glad that less people have to deal with that now with vaccinations. I am curious to see the relationship between vaccines and players. Because I don't know if this comes up in some of the other sports that you talk about on this lovely pod and other things, but yeah, um, definitely not on this pod, but maybe well, other things. <laughs> the things. I, um, so we're about to go into the playoffs in the NBA. Yeah. And for example, Dennis Schroeder in the Lakers here in Los Angeles, where I live, um, just was sidelined for quote COVID protocols. And they said he'll be out for 10 to 14 days. Now there's a private matter. We don't know for sure if he has COVID, but here's the difference in the NBA. If you are sidelined for contact tracing, you are out seven days. Whereas if it is a positive COVID test, you are out 10 to 14. So we can all do math and understand what well, has not probably happened us, there. But we try our best. We try. <laughs> um, given the 10 to 14 days, that is typically what they say when someone actually has coronavirus and the Lakers are in trouble, right? LeBron James isn't playing yeah. for the next couple of nights. AD is still getting himself back. And Dennis Schroeder is their starting point guard. And they're trying to stay out of the play in tournament, which is, you know, because LeBron hates them. it and wants that fired. <laughs> I feel so bad for him anyway, um, for Evan, not, I mean, the guy who came up with the play in tournament anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but that, 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 you know, this is a key time. And if you're a member of the Lakers or there's several, I'm not just singling out Dennis Schroeder, by the way, there's several other players who have been sidelined with COVID in the last couple of weeks. Um, the league announced four positive tests uh, this week for NBA players. If you're one of the teams that one of those four players is on, I'm curious in the locker room, as much as guys are like, hey, everybody's entitled to their personal decision. Do you think there's a little pressure of like, well, dude, why don't you just get vaccinated? 
I could see it. But I could also, so let me ask you this. Do you feel like there's a, there's always this weird, people miss. I'm not saying HIPAA. there should be, by the no, way. No, totally. I'm not saying there should be. I'm asked, like, it's a situation we haven't come across yet because we, we're familiar with the dynamic of like, okay, your ankle hurts, but you can play on it, right? It's the playoffs. We're we all always say that. We right? always with- say, we cheer on the guys. Like when Clay came back out, it, like yeah. we, we cheer for playing through injuries. Ronnie Lott feels cut like a off thing- his finger i mean and that is to play football that's a little and for me i'm gonna say that's a little much i'm gonna say (laughs) that i'm allowed to have my own line and that crosses it Uh, you want to keep all 10 of your fingers yeah can't you do things with nine I don't know. What finger was it? Was It, it was pinky? a pinky. Yeah, yeah, I guess I really could do without a pinky. I don't mean to disrespect <laughs> that part of my hand, if but I, ha- I don't think you, about it. If ESPN needed you, mm. maybe not. No, um, if so- ESPN needed me, I think I'd keep my hand just for personal reasons. I don't know. So there just is, there's this weird thing with athletes and medicine that, you know, mm-hmm. people with the, I want to say it was like the JP stuff was people right. who were like, this is a HIPAA violation for us to know. And it's like, that's not true. A HIPAA violation is I think when a doctor tells somebody else, it's not when somebody reports on medical information they've right. received from somewhere. Right, right. Uh, but it, it, it is a little bit weird to think of the flip side where you're like a basketball team would require a, somebody to take a medical thing that maybe they don't feel comfortable with for right. whatever reason. And they're not. But then you think, but then you think about schools. I always right. had to get vaccines Vaccine, to go to school. Yeah. And it was yeah. never this like, you're violating my freedom. It was like, a, oh right. man, I hate needles. I don't want to, but I will. Right. Yeah, because I'd like to attend kindergarten. Um, no, I, and by the way, the NBA is not telling anyone they have to get vaccinated. And yeah. I am not telling anyone they have to get vaccinated. Um, I, I am just curious. It's just an, if you watch sports long enough, you're familiar with the paradigm of athletes who feel this push and pull of these teams ask me to literally bleed for them because that absolutely happens. And yet I could get traded tomorrow or this, that, and the other. But then again, you're getting something out of playing hurt. If you win a title, like that actually is a personal achievement and something that you may monetarily benefit from. So it's just an interesting to me, like of all the new things that COVID has brought us, um, let's say Ronnie Lott is at one end of the spectrum. Um, and, and maybe the other end of the spectrum is, yeah, my ankle feels, you know, I'm feeling a little peakish, but I'll go out and play. Um, where does, Hey dude, looking across the locker room, why didn't you get vaccinated? Because now we can't have you for a couple of weeks or maybe more because as we just were discussing with Jason Tatum or Evan Fournier, never Google that, um, <laughs> that, um, you know, it could last weeks or months longer. Right. So, so I, it's just, a, I'm not, again, I'm not making a decree. I just think it's, it's a super interesting question to me yeah. that I am now like seeing at work when we are so close to the playoffs and now we're about to get into the playoffs. And again, four new cases in the NBA this week. And at this point, vaccines have been available to all of these guys on these teams for about a month. And you just wonder if there will be a point where in the locker room, there is pressure between players of like, come on, dude, like, how did this happen? Yeah. What do you, what's going on? Where do you stand currently on Kyrie? Because when the Kyrie thing happened with like the bubble, when he came out and was like, I think we shouldn't go, people Mm -hmm. really jumped on him. And look, Mm -hmm. I'm a person who uh, covers basketball in the way that I cover most sports, which is like, I I freely admit what I know and don't know. I listen and participate and whatever, but I try to listen more than participate because I don't really know anything about basketball. But it it, it was surprising to me to watch people I wouldn't say you don't know anything about basketball, personally. I've heard you listen. I've listened Mm -hmm. to you talk about basketball, Mm -hmm. but continue. 
Uh, it, it's just not, it doesn't it behoove me to be like, listen to me on <laughs> basketball, kids. But it did seem strange to me the way everybody was so against what Kyrie was saying. And part of it to me is like, you know, sports fans always think that shut up and play. Yeah. You get paid a ton of money to play a game. I would kill to be you. I wish I could right. be you. I have to work a job, support my family, and you can just go out there and play basketball. So shut up and play. Mm-hmm. But there, it also just felt like a lot of people were more willing to jump on him because he has said Things that aren't, um, you know, seem aren't widely held beliefs like that the earth is flat. And that's me tiptoeing <laughs> around something that I really <laughs> wish I didn't have to tiptoe around. But like, I, I guess maybe I'm I'm more willing to understand that there's a, that any quest for knowledge is a journey and that it starts in certain places. But as long as you encourage people along, you know, a path that they can actually reach the enlightenment, I think they seek Mm -hmm. and watching him misstep doesn't to me mean I have to write him off. It means that like, okay, let's make sure he's. And so when he started talking about not going to the bubble because of social justice, part of me was like, well, are you invalidating his ideas because you disagree with them? Or are you invalidating them because you think he thinks the earth is flat? Because those two <laughs> things really don't have anything to do with each other. And it just felt like he got demonized. I'm realizing now I asked you a question and I'm answering it myself. So I like you answering up. it though. What, where do you stand on Kyrie? Well, first of all, I happen to like Kyrie personally. I think he's interesting. I think he's smart. I, I think he looks at the world very differently than a lot of the other people I encounter in basketball. So I appreciate that, right? Like, yeah. I just, it's nice to talk to someone who sees things a little bit differently. It doesn't mean that I agree with everything he thinks or everything he's done, but that's okay. I don't have to agree with everything everyone has done in every situation. I think in that case, and in the particular case you're talking about, I was surprised at the pushback of him only because this idea that there was only one way people should think about a global pandemic that has literally not like happened the likes of which in a century Mm. intersecting with a professional sporting event that it was never around in the 1800s in the Spanish flu or the 1900s or whatever it was in 1918. There's now the history people are going to go after me. I don't know. I'm just saying again, time flat circle. Um, but that, that just like earth. Oh God, sorry. (laughs) I had to. (laughs) Because what happens when you get to the edge? I always want to know that from people with that. I know, right? What what happens at the edge? And Kyrie, by the way, I will just say this also about Kyrie. He has come out and apologized for the- Well, no one's ever going to listen to him because it's just, it's a perfect punchline. Anyway, um, but yeah, I I just, I think, I think in general, like this idea that there's one way to think, I hate to be like, oh, these crazy kids, I blame the internet. But there, there is just a complete- correlation between the rise of internet culture and message boards and kind of having to stake out more and more of a crazy take and claim there's no middle anymore there's no nuance you know this you are Mm -hmm. online and like there's no you know either someone's like wrong and an idiot and I can't believe they thought that and you hate my team or oh my god everything is right and how could you disagree with them and such and such and Mm. you know I see it every year when we talk about MVP in the NBA like like it is crazy to hear from these fans where if you mention one guy is just being like, Hey, I think he's in the conversation. It's interesting. The season isn't over yet. We'll see how this goes. How could you say that? You don't know that so-and-so is the MVP and that is right next to someone else's comment. How could you say that? Don't you know that this other person is the MVP Ugh. and there's just a constant. So that's a stupid, silly sports argument. But of course, 
either that's the discourse or it's not. And then that becomes the discourse for how could you say that? You don't think they should go to the bubble? Like it's all the same conversation. It's just about different things. So I think Kyrie ran into that. It turns out he didn't go to the bubble, but other people did. And I, as someone who was in the bubble, will tell you that um, I wish I could have gotten a pizza more consistently. That really (laughs) sucked. Um, There was no real sushi. That was a problem. But other than that, I was like pretty psyched that the NBA did it. I thought it was actually a pretty impressive thing that they pulled off. Like the number of people who had to work their asses off. And like, you know, we talk about like, oh, working into the night, working into the night, into the morning. There was no days off. There was no, it was just boom, 24 hours, seven Mm. days a week, whatever. And I'm talking about hundreds of people who weren't the stars on the basketball court, but who just had to do the intense, crazy sanitizing and cleaning and organizing the guys in the like poor mail room. I mean, the mail room operation in the bubble, I cannot even explain to you. They had to hose everything down because at that point Whoa. they were still a real concern. So every I remember that. In, I remember wiping down Amazon boxes. Right. They had the sprayer quick. where they would like hose everything what? down. Then there were huge like pallets of where each team had stuff to come in because when you have a bubble that you are literally not letting anyone in or out, you can't get say a pizza delivery. So like I wanted oh. a pizza because I wanted a. F- pizza, Katie. I have been stuck in a bubble for X number of weeks. You deserve it. You can't just call and be like, hey, can you deliver me a pizza? Because the pizza guy can't come in and the box can't come in. So like, finally, we have a producer, Melinda Adams, who like negotiated to get a pizza. Cassidy Hubbard was like kind enough. I mean, she's, God bless her, sent us Chicago pizza that's frozen, right? So she had to ship us pizza. Oh my God. That pizza had to be heated up in an oven that wasn't in the bubble. It was in the outer bubble because the pizza Mm. might not have been sanitary. It's a pizza in a frozen container, but they were worried it could have coronavirus germs. So it had to come into an oven in a non-sanitary, quote, like bubble kitchen, get baked, in which case then it became, quote, sanitary, put in a box. Like 45 minutes later, after coming out of the oven, got to us where like we were like, great cold pizza. And then I was like, Hey, can I get a pizza cutter? And the guy looked at me and goes, well, that's not sanitary. Jeez I was like, Louise. Did you so just fold it to, and eat it like a taco? Well, it was a deep dish Chicago pizza. Oh, so God, you can't right. fold that. that. So no. I had a plastic knife mm. trying to like saw through like the sweetest person in the world. Cassidy, like sending us pizza is the served, sweetest person in the world. Right? I just want to confirm. We were just no. talking about that before Travis and I, she's the kindest, sweetest. She is like the nicest human. Um, with another of the nicest human and the people in the world, our producer, Melinda Adams, who arranged for this crazy pizza ballet of four different hotels to warm up pizza. Like these poor people who worked in the mailroom. So that was me and one pizza and four people working on the pizza problem. My God. These guys in the mailroom, anytime a team wanted something and you know, NBA players or any yeah. professional athlete, they're like, I would like a pinball machine. Yeah. And the pinball yeah. machine had to be sourced couldn't be delivered, had to be shipped in, I'm go exhausted. through the wiping down process, the whole nine. I will say though, it was pretty funny to hear what was going through the mailroom, like what the, the players wanted. Someone ordered a couch. I was like, dude, the hotel has couches. Oh, what? I mean, you've got to be, you've got to very specifically, I've right. been rocking with a couch <laughs> I can't stand for like seven years just because like moving a couch is that annoying. Into a hotel room. I mean, a that's couch. 
Someone I ordered a refrigerator. Like, this is like a blind item. <laughs> right? A blind item in the New York Post. Someone ordered a refrigerator and the, the guys in the mailroom were like, oh, well, you know, we've got a refrigerator that was just delivered. And I was like, yeah, like a mini fridge. I get that. People want like a fridge in the room. And he was like, no, no, Rachel, a refrigerator with like a, free, a freezer and the water like an maker. an ice machine. Oh and the, my the God. Thing. Can you there even, you, you can't just wheel that up and plug that in. Don't you have to, no, can you just plug that in? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I'll I've tell you, it's probably harder to get than a pizza. Too. I don't know. I, so yes. Uh, so Kyrie didn't go to the bubble. Some of us did. I'm very impressed by the bubble. Not only did all those people do all of those things, they didn't have a single case of coronavirus among a single player, despite like, you know, all of the effort and all of the stuff. Well, I mean, now it makes sense. <laughs> you couldn't even get a pizza. Can't even if get anybody a pizza. got coronavirus. It'd be like, how did you even do it? Tell us how you did it. It'd be like, <laughs> Tell like us. robbing a bank. Did it involve a pizza cutter? Because how did I borrow you that? Sneak it in here. And can I have the pizza while this little hole in the bubble is open? Yes, exactly. Oh God, if anyone got diagnosed, you'd be like, cool, while we're here, I need while three pizzas. Here. I need a pizza cutter. Exactly. It's not oh. too much to ask. Quick before it closes. I know. It was, was it very, fun? Very sad. Did you have fun? I know you had one particularly not fun moment, but was yeah. it? Yeah. Fun? Yeah. Uh, no, I, overall, yes. And, and look, it was crazy. It's like a lot of things we do right at work. Like, like some of it's hard and some of it makes you like, was difficult. I definitely had phone calls home where I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. This is really hard. And then those moments pass and you're like, okay, all right. And then some things happen that are extraordinary. And you know, you're one of the few people who got to be in the room to see it. Yeah. And that to me made the hard stuff worthwhile, like legitimately worthwhile. And I will say that, you know, I am not a, um, you've never seen on my Instagram, some like inspirational saying, um, I am not a like fluffy bunnies and like just hang in there a cat person. Mm-hmm. Um, You're tough. I get it. Tough as nails. I will, well, no, I just, I'm, I'm not very nice. So, so um, <laughs> I completely disagree. <laughs> um, but that's because people have told me I'm not nice. So maybe yeah, we're just both meanies who like each other. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that being in the bubble was part of a larger um, experience through the pandemic of finding um, more gratitude in a way that didn't feel to me like it was part of like some yoga teacher's lecture or yeah. that like some like thing on a poster or a notebook or like your gratitude journal, which by the way, I'm sure really actually helps people and mm. is not something I am in any way making fun of. I'm just saying I couldn't relate to it for a long time. Right. Like I wasn't able to kind of connect to, I, I think I just felt like, oh, my life is so busy. Like, yes, of course I'm grateful for stuff. Like, yes, I know I'm fortunate. Like, yeah, of course, everybody, you know, who's lucky enough to be in a good situation knows that, yeah. And I didn't think there was sort of a deeper level of that, but whether it was being in the bubble and kind of having that experience of, yes, I can't be around some of the things that I'm used to or want, like my family, being away from my kids for that long was really like really hard. And then also I'm safe here. And that is a whole different kind of like, oh, so for a few months, like, I don't have to worry about what the rest of the world is worrying about. I am in a actual bubble. Like I am completely safe in here. Like I get to see things, you know, I love basketball and I love sports and I I have stuck with it through all kinds of things that, you know, (laughs) might've turned me away. Mm -hmm. Um, And to get to be in a place where something like 
literally once in a lifetime, hopefully knock on everything was happening. Um, you know, certainly once in my lifetime and I've covered sports for a long time. I've, I've been in this for now for about 25 years and I've never seen anything like really? that. I'm very old, Katie. No, you you're not. That. Shut up. You're not old. Cause I, 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 I realized that when I interact with you, I don't ever mm-hmm. think about how old you are. I assume mm-hmm. you're, I, I talk to you like you're my age. Yeah. And so today I was like, I actually don't know how old Rachel is. And I Googled mm-hmm. you. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not like, old. Mm. you're not well, old so I mean first of all I did I'm the joke of oh I started very young I did actually start very young yeah <laughs> so you did I was working at USA Today when I was 17 as like an intern and stringer and then I like went from there um but that being said still you have to then fast forward 25 years yep. and I am now very old um I've never seen anything sure. like this and 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 so I could I could be simultaneously like legitimately grateful um in a way that has stuck with me like since that whole experience and the whole experience of the pandemic that has felt like, okay, there is stuff that sucks. There is still stuff that sucks. There's stuff that sucks in our job. Um, There's stuff that sucks in life. There's stuff that sucks in society. And that doesn't make any of those, I'm not trying to make any of those things not awful and, and being upset about them is completely valid. But I think I have been able to finally tap into like the yoga master Zen that other people were able to tap into a long time ago and feel a little bit more like, okay, like I woke up this morning, it was beautiful out. I took a deep breath of like, I have, I have food, I have clothes, I have two awesome kids. I love like have a job. I really dig, even though like, again, nothing is perfect. Um, That's good. That's good for today. And, and that, that this whole experience and the bubble in particular sort of helped me to that point in a way that maybe I wouldn't have had before. Yeah, I think a lot of people or maybe I should say I hope a lot of people have had Mm -hmm. similar experiences from this pandemic. Obviously, we're not saying it's a good thing that this happened. It's more like a this thing happened. What good can you take from it? And I think for me, at least what the thing that was striking to me, it's very much in line with what you said, though, I didn't go to a bubble was (laughs) that like I've been running for so long Mm -hmm. that when people would say, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. It was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am. Of course. Yes, yes. I like everything I have. I never complain about the things I have. I love them. But this, uh, when I had to stop, because it was like when you were being told that your show, we're going to try to find a way to bring your show back. Mine was like, you guys can do it online if you want, but your season is basically over. So I was kind of like, okay, show's over. Uh, We're not going to bring that back. So like what, what for a while I was kind of just spinning. I was like, well, Mm -hmm. when, what do we do next? What do we Mm -hmm. do next? And then all these things kept happening to me until I broke down. Like they would, my Mm -hmm. staff was getting moved around or fired. And then, you know, they laid Ashley off and I was just like, Blah! I like broke mm-hmm. of like, what? Why does this all keep happening? And then I realized like, I can't control any of that. Stop for a second. And I think it was the first time I've been able to look down. I don't mean that mm-hmm. like condescend. I mean like no, no, look no. down at your feet. Where am I? Right. Did I, I got all the way here Yeah. very quickly mm-hmm. and, and like recognize how, how, where you got to mm-hmm. be super grateful for it. And it was all of a sudden like, oh my God, a few years ago, I was making YouTube videos in like an apartment that was underground and had bugs. And like, I was working and then going to bartend and then getting four hours of sleep. Like, and I'm here now. I work at ESPN. Like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. And so it was like this first moment where I could stop and all that yoga e stuff that people were <laughs> able to connect with before that. I was like, that seems super corny. Suddenly I was like, 
the world is, everything does happen for reasons. That doesn't mean that everything happens because it's a good thing to happen. It means it has a purpose and you need to use that to go to wherever you're going. It's all a part of your journey. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, I never thought these are things I was going to be saying. saying. Exactly. But here I am. And yeah. so I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of people, and I know a lot of people had to work essential jobs and didn't mm -hmm. really get to stop. Their yeah. life didn't get a breather. It got much harder and harder. much heavier very and quickly. dangerous yeah and hopefully I hope that anybody who's you know working in the medical industry once this thing is figured out and under control that they take mm -hmm. the longest vacation <laughs> and just like lock yes. themselves in silence and think about things and feel mm -hmm. their feelings because like of all the with all the bad that came with this pandemic I think the mm -hmm. good of it for me was I had time to feel stuff and think things instead of like what's next where are we going what are we doing yep absolutely uh, and so I'm I'm super grateful for that but it also leads me to a question I want to ask you that I might That's not have way. asked you before okay so you you started your career you were young mm -hmm. you worked in Florida right for a while I, after college yeah so I went to Northwestern uh for college I had done like one of those smart kids. and half half whatever well you know it's a it's a it's a league we're all in me and Wilbon and, and Dante and all those people together we had Darren Ravel don't forget Darren we have handshakes we have all kinds of things <laughs> um but I had kind of been a stringer for I was gonna be a newspaper writer right I grew up in Washington DC and I wanted to be I read all the president's band like eight times and really I, dude I was such a like little like nerd for the Washington Post I was like all I want one day is to work for the Washington Post why what was it about it well first I grew up Indeed, the DC area, and it was really, really good. It was an incredible sports section. It is how I fell in love with sports yeah. through that newspaper, and it was through Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon, who were the two yeah. lead columnists there. It was through um, Christine Brennan, who was the football, the NFL reporter. She's the first woman to ever have an NFL pro beat. And what was funny, and I always say this about Christine, another Northwestern graduate, that um, she, I mean, she is why I wanted to go to that school, um, is that. I grew up as a, as a kid reading her writing about the football team. And to me, it just was like, yeah, she's the writer for the football team. I didn't know. Mm. I was a kid. I was wow. just like, yeah, right? So it was only later that I found out that that was A, unusual, that she had been the first one to be like a regular NFL beat writer as a woman. And that like, I was like, it, it's too late. It's too late to tell me that I can't do this. Yeah. Because I've already been watching her do it. It's almost so as like, if representation matters. It's almost, it's weird. Like that. gosh, yeah, darn that's it. so funny. Um, <laughs> but, but so, yeah, so I had, idol, I'd fallen in love with sports through these people, Mike and Tony and Tom Boswell and Sally Jenkins and Christine Brennan. And, and I, I sort of was like, one day, maybe I'll get there. And I had been an intern, I was an intern there in college and I was a stringer for them when I went back to Chicago, which was crazy because again, I was a child and yet I was in the Chicago Bulls locker room crazy. covering Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen who and at who? 19 years old with my little wow. notebook terrified because I was you know young and female which was two things that was not super normal there um but like I went the first like four times I like didn't speak I just took notes on what other people's like questions answers and like the fourth time Michael Jordan turned to me and was like you he was oh. like do you talk Oh and I was god. like, oh my god, um, and I took that personally. <laughs> right. I was just like, I was just like, yes, I sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, but I'm 19 and you're very scary. Um, so I was doing all that stuff and I was getting ready to graduate. And I literally drew a line across a map. And I said, I'm applying for jobs underneath 
this line because I have been in Chicago for four years and I would so, I love Northwestern. I love the school. I love Chicago as a city. I could not handle it. I'm not tough enough. I'm sorry. It's, cold. it's not just the, it's not the cold. It's dark, Katie. It is. Have um, you lived in the Midwest ever? No, I have not. Okay. I've only lived is, in Boston, New York, New Jersey. I'm very East coast and it's, it I lead with very, it. It's predominant. Very dark a lot of the time in the winter. It gets dark at like four o'clock. Why? And then even when Why? it's not, well, okay. I mean, this is so time nerdy. zones. I, this time is my zones. brain going. I think you know this one, but try to figure it well, out. Well, no, no, no. So Chicago. If you look at a map, not everybody realizes this. So I'm happy to educate the listeners. If you ask me to put it um, on a map, I wouldn't. I I would <laughs> try my best. I would you try mean, my best. I'm Chicago's very dumb at geography, kind of. and I'm not. A, I'm not hiding it anymore. I don't know where things are. Well, let me help. Let me educate. So Chicago. Um, if you look at a map. They kind of make a, a turn around the time zone to kind of scoop Chicago into Why the Why they do that? That's not zone. how that should work. Because it was the farm market and the meat market and all the huh. products and produce and things coming from farms coming up the railroad lines to Chicago where they had this giant meat market. They wanted Chicago on the same time zone as the crops and suppliers and farmers who were bringing them their products. So everybody Makes would be doing sense, deals. I guess. Makes sense, except... Chicago should probably be in the Eastern time zone. So it's getting dark at four when it should actually be five. And then even during the winter, when it's before four o'clock, um, it can be just gray with no sunlight for 10, 12 days in a row, maybe 14 days, maybe a month. So I just, again, I, there are people who are tough enough to handle it. I'm not one of those people. And I literally went and got a job in Florida. I mean, the opposite of that. Because I was like, there has to be a place where I'm not cold and dark all the time. Did your hair like Florida? Because mine hates it. So I I made so many mistakes. And one of them was, I was like, I'm going to be dark and exotic now because I got a tan. And I was like, I'm dying my hair black. You did Um, not. I totally did. It was not good. It was nothing about it was good. It wasn't good. I look like I did it in college, but it's not as far of a leap for me because my hair is just a boring brown anyway. Dude, I look I thought I would look like cool and mysterious. And instead Mm -hmm. I looked like, I don't know, like Sabrina, the teenage witch trying to go off. Definitely. Like it was. I'm going to find a picture. Does it exist on the Internet? No, see again, I'm old. So back then there was not a lot of there's no That's like not there's fair. no Twitter, there's no Instagram. Every mistake I've made I is know. on the internet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um so yeah, no, but I did I did love living there. I learned about like Florida man and like all of that culture because it's all true. And um I, I think I'm gonna get the details wrong, so please don't rate me on the internet. Um the mayor of Miami either was in jail while he was the mayor yeah. while I was yeah, down that there sounds right. or like was just taken away from being the mayor to go to jail. I'm getting the details wrong, but it was like, right. All of that stuff was happening. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a lot at first. And then I got to go to the Washington post as my, next I mean, job. a dream come true, a dream come true. And then it turns out like newspapers completely collapsed as an industry. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, why did you leave and go to ESPN? But I guess, well, yeah. And you know, now obviously a lot of great newspapers have figured out the internet, but at that point they hadn't. Um, and it just felt like, Hey, if I want to keep going in my career, this was something. And again, I also had Mike and Tony and a bunch of people at ESPN were going to, I mean, a bunch of people at the Washington Post were going to ESPN. So I will say about PTI though. Um, so my little cubicle at the, at the Washington Post, which is what I had 
was literally right between where Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser's nice fancy I mean, offices were. My goodness, and that they, so would, they would come out of to yell at each other. Well, no, they did not even bother to do that. The doors would just not. be open. Why would I, think I was going to say you've met both of no, them. No, yeah, you're right. That makes you sense. know that's not true. Through the so wall, from, or did they call each other? Well, no, through the so the door. The, it was the offices had like the glass. You know, like the whole third, fourth wall was glass, right? Yeah, and yeah. then the door would be open. So they would, the doors were open and they could hear each other from their desks and you could kind of see them because they were glass oh. and, and they would just start yelling at each other and arguing about something. And I would literally have to leave the office to get work done. Yeah, I would be I like, I need to write. It's hard to write a story when people are like arguing next to you in your ear. And so when they finally like did the pilot for PTI, I was so thrilled because I was like, great, go there, go to the studio and <laughs> argue get, because I need to write a Washington Capitol story, which is what I was doing. Uh, so then you went to ESPN, obviously, mm -hmm. and yes. then you went to CNN for a little and then mm -hmm. you came back to ESPN. I don't want to gloss mm -hmm. over that because some of your my favorite stuff of yours was when you were at CNN. Like you, you. were you at CNN for the Goodell thing? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that moment was so like if if there's ever a story written about this time of our lives, that that moment goes in it. I know tons of women who like stood up and felt <laughs> proud of themselves when you pushed back on Goodell in that press conference. And the other thing that stands out for me, I remember sitting in my apartment in Jersey City, mm -hmm. watching you do a monologue about Floyd Mayweather and being we like- We on for an interview. That's what it was. And you pushed him, you pushed back on him. You were like, you pled guilty. So you mm -hmm. can't say this now. Uh, it, it, it was- remarkable. I mean, you are remarkable at your job. You have this confidence that I completely lack and currently working on, I guess. But <laughs> you I mean, my whole thing, the thing of mine that blew up about in regards to Ray Rice mm -hmm. was that I said I was in a room with Goodell and I didn't have the mm -hmm. balls to ask the question because I mm -hmm. thought somebody would call out my credentials and be like, why do you even get to be in this room? Right. And so I effectively silenced myself. And then I watched you not silence yourself. And I think something clicked for me that was like, oh, you just have to kind of do it, huh? It's, it's, e look, it's never, nothing is easy, right? Um, but to me, it is easier to be brave about stuff that, that just boils down to not being, it's not hard. Don't hit women, don't beat children. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's just, like, to me, when we get into that stuff, it's not nuanced. I'm sorry, it's not. Like problems are nuanced, situations are nuanced. There is never a time where that stuff's okay. There's never, well, because she said this or she did that, or, oh, don't you understand about this or whatever? It's not okay. A and so to me, whether it was Floyd Mayweather or Roger Dillon, I think that was part of a time in America where we kind of started to, as a culture, stand up and say, actually, no, you don't get to, in Floyd Mayweather's case, his son wrote this heartbreaking, it is on oh, the internet. Don't Google Evan Fournier, but Google this because it is worth looking at a heartbreaking letter about his father beating his mother that he wrote for the court case and for the police. And like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be ashamed or upset or, or scared to ask someone a question about that because it's just wrong. And, and yeah. that's kind of where when I have to ask hard things, it feels to me like I get some of the nerve or whatever it's called because it just feels like, well, okay, to me, this feels not negotiable. Yeah, it's sort of like once you force yourself to read that stuff, mm -hmm. once you force yourself to dive in on it, you it becomes like a, well, I'm not gonna not. 
Like I can't not. The fear is that it's like there's something you don't know. I remember when I I remember not knowing anything about Floyd Mayweather, not knowing anything about TV, doing an episode of Crowd Goes Wild. We had Floyd Mayweather as a guest. I Mm -hmm. piled up with him, posted a picture on my Instagram and everybody was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? Oh, my God, I didn't know. And so then I looked everything up and being like, oh, my God, what was I doing? But that's okay that you don't know. Right. And once you know, it's like now I now I know what I want right. to say because now but I, I don't think I don't think anyone in the media or anyone in their life has to be like the steward of all things right it's okay not to know it's okay to come out afterward and say actually I didn't know that and now I know and I would do it differently and I also think by the way the flip side for anyone we're talking about and that includes the Floyd Bayweathers of the world if you decide to actually have contrition and grow and change it is my opinion that there is room for that. Now, Floyd yeah. Mayweather has largely not done that. At all, so, I would say. So, so you know, I'm not saying that he falls into this category right now, but I have also had people come at me and sort of be like, well, you, you were upset with Floyd Mayweather or you questioned Roger Goodell, but how could you talk to so-and-so? And my answer is always like, well, because stories don't end. Life's not like that. There's That's no like end point. credits. There's no like, okay, this is it. The book's closed on this person. The credits rolled. That's it. They go away. They go in a little box forever. Like life continues. I hope that we all have the chance to like get better after we up because I've certainly, I haven't made Floyd Mayweather beating my child mistakes, but I have made other kinds of mistakes. And like, you just, if, if we don't allow people room to get better, what, a, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, right. Like, what are you hoping calling for? It out? What are they going right. to do? What are you hoping for? They're not, you can't, right. you don't want to hope for somebody to not be in Like, society. they're not the wicked witch of the West. You're not yeah. going to like pour water on them. And they're like, like, what are we hoping for? Whether it is like a hardened criminal, like that we then gets after serving his or her time gets out of jail. Like the hope is that there is an opportunity to grow and change as a person and become a force for good in the world. And maybe because of what you have done wrong, not what you've gone through, but what you have done wrong. Yep that you have an even deeper understanding. We have an Mike interview. Tyson. I use this example a lot. Listening yes. to Mike Tyson talk now, I'm like, man, you are smarter because of mistakes you've made. Right. I wish you hadn't made them. But yes. since we can't go back and change the fact that you've made them, yep. uh, this is what I would have hoped for, is that for now you can, you can be somebody who speaks on things in a way that's like you have a deeper understanding. You have something valuable to add. Not to say mm-hmm. he's never going to make another mistake. No. Nope. Not to say, you know, but it's just like a, yeah, there's that moment where you're like, you, you've demonstrated to me that's the issue for me with sports mm-hmm. is everybody comes with the second chances way too quickly well, i think yeah. that the you know because of all the things we talked about before the way sports mm-hmm. fans are the way that the conversation has always happened in this space mm-hmm. the conversation is like move on from it stop yeah, bringing sure. that into sports and it's like excuse me i didn't bring it into sports right the person who did it <laughs> and then did sports brought it into sports and so you're now just ignoring that it's here and right. i'm saying let's make sure this person knows they made a mistake so they don't continue to make that mistake over and over a second but say you're sorry and mean it and I wish that teams or sports organizations whoever it is that feels they're going to benefit from this person's you know services would hold the people accountable because if you would do that you'd get a better athlete 
you'd get because they always tell us sports is 90% mental. And then they really aren't backing that up by supporting the mental health or any sort. You know what I mean? They don't support that development of an athlete. The better you know yourself, the better your mental health can be, the better you can be more present and read your options before you throw the <laughs> ball. Like they could translate to anything, but it's just like, oh, he made a mistake. Why are you guys still talking about it? It's like, cause, um, it still did happen and he has not said that he's sorry about it yet. <laughs> it's also all. this whole idea of, you know, why are you doing this in sports? I just want to sit on my couch and watch TV. For better or worse, sports is where we have these conversations now. I sometimes wish it wasn't. It would be nice to just talk about basketball. But the truth is, when I was in the bubble, um, because the players walked out when there was a shooting in Wisconsin and the Milwaukee Bucks players, it wasn't some big planned thing. It was the guys in the locker room were just like, this happened 60 miles from where I live. And I'm thinking about my son out there, or if you were Sterling Brown, a player who himself was like beaten up and tased by police for parking yeah. in the wrong parking space. And by the way, yeah, he totally parked in the wrong parking space. Guess what? We don't throw someone on the ground and tase them for it usually. Yeah. Anyway. That, um, that connection always seems to be missing of like, well, yeah. he did this bad thing. It's like, yes, like, guess what? We don't execute we people don't when they do that. don't execute people for it's that. not how it works. not how it's supposed so, to work. <laughs> right. So anyway, that they literally in the locker room just looked at each other and were like, I can't go out there. I can't go out and be someone's like, you know, dancing entertainment for the night. I just can't, I can't do it. And because of that, we had a lot of hard conversations that as a country we were needing to have and we're having in other spaces anyway, but really they came together in sports. They came together in sports, frankly, before George Floyd with Colin Kaepernick. Um, they came together in sports when we talk about violence against women and some of the stuff we were just talking about. When we talk about gay rights, you know, I went on TV a lot the year that the NBA was supposed to have the All-Star Game initially in Charlotte. Mm. And in Charlotte, they passed a law that, you know, some of the people who were trying to kind of make it more palatable for a more conservative Democrat graphic kept calling it a bathroom law, but it wasn't a bathroom law. It was about saying that people in North Carolina had the right to refuse service in hotels and restaurants to people who are gay. That's lunch counters. That's just not okay. We can't yeah. do that in this country. You can't hold the all-star game in a state that does that when at the time the COO of the Golden State Warriors was an openly gay man and they were the giant dynasty in sports. And you're going to tell him, come to the All-Star game to see Clay Thompson and Steph Curry play. I hope they let you check into the hotel. You are gay. Like, I, I mean, you can't do that. So yeah. that is where we had that conversation on our basketball show. And it would be nice if there were other parts of society, we could have these conversations, but we don't all watch the same movies anymore. We sure as hell don't watch the same TV shows anymore. Not everybody goes to church on Sunday. Like there, there's, there's just so many places where we can't have so many of the conversations we used to have about life in America. And frankly, sports is the only place where everyone still comes into the tent and sits down in the seats next to each other and watches. And because of that, this is where we have to have this. And, and that's just how it is. It also feels to me like, yeah, I, I would love to stop having to have these conversations too, but I would love to stop because we've worked on <laughs> fixing it, yeah. not because we don't feel like talking we're tired about of it. Because <laughs> like we've, I've been sitting here watching, like, you know, at, growing up as a woman, I, there were musicians. How was that for you growing I mean, up as a woman? Oh, man, it was something. <laughs> it was so, especially because I was a woman that had a very short haircut. So people didn't often know right away. And so it was very confusing for me, but it also led to me kind of being inward and understanding okay. myself a little better. I hope but you had a father who had a daughter. That could oh my God. My, as like a father of a daughter, my dad is yeah. very proud, you know, yes. yeah. uh, anyway. and could never be on the wrong side of an issue because no. he has a, father He's, of has me, a daughter. A daughter. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but growing up, like I remember hearing bad like men about men who treated women badly that were musicians, that were mm -hmm. athletes and being told to like shut up about it. And just because if I don't like this music, then I'm not going to be cool. Yeah. And and feeling like, OK, I'll like it, but I'm not going to love it. Like mm -hmm. watching late night hosts interview female guests and ask them questions that I knew was not OK. That made me yeah. uncomfortable. But mm -hmm. being like everybody loves this late night host. And if I want to do this with my life, well, then I have yeah. to love this late night host. But there was always that little grain of me that was like, I knew I didn't like that person for a reason. And now it's like I was silent for all that time. And now people are telling me, stop bringing this into sports. And I'm like, mother been in sports I can't take off my ladiness when I sit down to watch right. a sport so I'd like to be able to enjoy this sport too who right. says that you get to be the only one who watches it just because you wished you could have played it for a living sorry for telling it like it is but all the people that are yelling at me are people who thought they were going to make it to the league and just want to hear but and I get it and look there we have t multiple 24-hour sports networks now there mm -hmm. is a plenty of room for all different types of coverage there are going to be shows that stick to x's and o's there's mm -hmm. going to be shows that discuss the cultural impact of things that happen in sports. That makes sense to me. But it's been so weird to see the pushback and then this weird reluctant acceptance of the crossover of culture and sports when it's not cute and convenient and references <laughs> to The Wire, but is instead like, no, literally cult, like humans, yes. humanity and sports. Because humans uh, make up the people who do the sports, we do have to talk about the human aspect of it. And people are just like, yeah, I don't think, mm. I don't think that's going to go for me. It's like, well, what, what, why, what is it? Why go watch the other shows then don't watch the show, but don't tweet about canceling it. Was that easier at CNN? Is that just me being dumb um, to think that at CNN, they'd be like, the news is the most important. No, thing. no, no, no. So, so, you know, my job, it was work. I was working for like the Turner company as an umbrella. So I would two days a week be at TNT right. covering basketball, being, you know, silent reporter or hosting some stuff at TNT. I worked on their baseball broadcasts. Um, and then the other days a week I would be at CNN and we had a show there unguarded. That was our sports show that we founded and was really fun to like be on the ground floor of launching a show and kind of help me. I think when we launched the jump sort of, I was able to hone what I wanted to do more and like my yeah. pitch and all of that stuff. Um, but the CNN side, that's what they, that's all they wanted. They wanted the society kind of impact on sports because they weren't a hardcore sports audience. So they wanted more of the stuff around the game. Um, and it was great for me because I, again, had come from a background where prior to ESPN, I had worked for the Washington Post. And one of my jobs at the Washington Post at one point, I had 18 jobs when I was there, I was there for almost a decade, um, was to write stories for A1 of the newspaper that would kind of go toward a larger audience being like, hey, this is why this World Series is interesting to you who are not a diehard sports banner yeah especially once michael jordan came to play for the wizards which happened while i worked there it was sort of like okay people who know that you should be paying attention to basketball because michael jordan now plays in your city um let me kind of do a not as x's and o's version of what happened in this game yeah. so that kind of prepped me to have these conversations at cnn and then that prepped me to have these conversations when they come up on the jump and by the way sometimes on the jump we talk about basketball a lot every day yeah. all day for weeks and weeks too at much. a time without too ever talking about sometimes. anything you else you guys could so, talk about it less would be fine by me but just that's fine. just me personally one view there you go there you go i do have to i have to talk to you less because i just got the wave from someone in my household being like are you oh ever shoot yeah i've been keeping you for too long no, no no you haven't you've been keeping me for just the right amount of time. I have 7,000 other things I want to ask you, but we'll have to do it again another time. Thank well, it means you you'll so have much. to have me on again. I mean, if you'll do it, Rachel, I'd have you on every day. Nah, I just hate yeah, texting yeah. you. I always feel like I'm bugging you because you're so- You know that you're not.
you know, you're doing, you're, not- you're just, thank you for being so good. And also mm-hmm. so good at, at, you know, sharing yourself with people. Mm-hmm. I, it's so helpful to me to have you as a person that I can be like, let me talk to Rachel. She'll help mm-hmm. me figure out yeah. a thing. So thank you. I'm here, you're my friend. Wonderful. I adore you. You do such a great job. Everybody should watch mm-hmm. The Jump. Is The Jump uh-huh. a podcast that they can download? The Jump. To? Yes. The Jump has a daily podcast that is the podcast version of our show, which I know is not as cool as like an original podcast. Yeah, like, yeah. I get but it. Still, I know no, it's a yes. simulcast. Yes. Podcasts are definitely the coolest and having one makes me cooler than you that I they won't know. put this on TV. So as I long as it. we all know that I'm doing the harder, <laughs> cooler job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <sighs> Rachel, thank you so much. From your bed with a giant microphone. I won't. That's right. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Travis. I just met you, but you know, I like you too. I don't love you like I love Katie, but I do like you. She's so easy to talk to. Uh, We just keep rolling on this and throw to the end of the episode because this is a very normal reaction. What? The Fournier, do not Google it. Did you Google it? She specifically know, said no, don't do I've it. Been, no, I've, I've, I've been aware of this. Yeah, so I saw like somebody say something vaguely like this a long time ago and forgot to ever follow up on it. So her telling me is just going to make me want to Google it more. No, 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 no. But I'm going to just stick with it. I assume it's going to be something to do with like a penis. Katie. Is it a penis? If you just listen to me for one, just listen one time, if you take my word for this, it. I'm, so wait, sorry, for the record, I only ever have to ever have to listen to you. If this you one never time, listen never to again. me ever again. Okay. Or have ever listened to you prior, but go ahead. This should be just the one time. Okay. That's it. Don't Google it. But can you, can you confirm or deny the involvement of like a, a genitalia? I, I'm not going to say anything. Just don't do it, people. Just, okay. All right. You, this one time, listen to me. Okay, I don't, but you've done, here's the thing, you're asking people to trust you, and what have you done to build that trust? Rachel also said don't do it. Okay, that's it, that's your best argument you've ever made in your entire career. <laughs> Should I do the ad read now, or will we have done it already? I'm just going to do it now. Flame Bears, it's a podcast, and it champions the women seeking to compete in the 2021 Tokyo Summer Olympics and Paralympics. And Flame Bears is part sponsor of this podcast, so you should go listen to it. It shares their incredible, often unheard stories as they light the way for women around the world, celebrate women athletes who don't receive the media attention they deserve. It's problematic, and you know it is because, as Rachel just said to you, representation matters. She grew up thinking that a woman covering an NFL team was absolutely normal, and that's what the goal is, is for enough kids to not know that this was once difficult for certain people to do. A lack of representation makes it near impossible for younger girls to see their future selves in someone who doesn't exist today. I know that's a hard thing to like understand if you don't relate to it, but it's a great demonstration of empathy if you can understand somebody else doesn't get to look at any job, see themselves and go, oh, I can do what that person's doing. So that's what Flame Bearers is all about. One of the episodes features Becky Sauerbrunn. She's of the U.S. women's national team, uh, soccer team. She's wonderful. I love her. I've met her personally. Uh, Not close enough that I can ask her to do this podcast, but I will say she's very smart. She's very interesting uh, and certainly has a perspective that's worth listening to. Uh, She's an Olympic gold medalist. Becky shares her life changing experiences and the latest in her team's fight for equal pay. We all need hope and inspiration now more than ever. More of those yoga words Rachel was talking. I almost just called her Nichols. I've never called her Nichols in my life Uh, that Rachel, that Nichols over there was talking about. Uh, Learn lessons and grit and ambition from these elite athletes, as I like to say, who happen to be female. So listen to Flame Bears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast or wherever you're listening to your other podcasts. I don't know. Maybe you keep things separate. I don't know your life. Maybe you listen to your business on one platform and you listen to your fun on another. I I don't judge you. If there's one message this podcast I hope has gotten through to you folks, it's I don't judge you. I'm not here to judge you. I also hope I'm not here to be judged, but I know it's going to happen. 
Trav, can we air out a beef real quick before we end the podcast? Sure. You jumped into the subreddit the other day, noticed you've been doing that a lot, and you threw me under the bus. Wait. Somebody said Travis deserved more of a laugh for some joke that you made that I read and didn't remember happening. Oh, the so Mortal Kombat. It's possible I didn't hear it. Oh, I did hear it and I didn't understand it. It's, what happened, was the... a it's happened a couple times. Because Travis, to be honest, you're very dry and I never know when you're joking or when you're being serious. It's part of my uh, mystique, mystique is the word you're looking for. But you threw me under the bus. You said it, it feels good to have somebody understand me. Does it feel bad to be no, on a no, podcast with no, me, if, Travis? No, it, it felt good to have someone appreciate the joke. Okay. I appreciate because you. Because also, here's the other thing. I then started to second guess if... I made the wrong reference to what it. was it a reference to because you when you uh, about uh, Mortal Kombat Myrtle yeah and, and then I said you yell get over here yeah and then you're like Dan does the the, the finisher and I'm like you, nobody got it so I'm like wait, let's did get I over here what is it and I'm but I'm like did I mess up the get over here part and I didn't just you what is it in Mortal Is it Kombat. For yeah, but I just had said I don't play the game and it's not for me. So but obviously just, a reference know. wasn't going to And then land. I'm like, did Christina and Katie just, they just don't like me? Travis, we love you. I just don't like Mortal Kombat. I'm sorry I left you out to dry. But you know what? My people. Your people. My notes. Well, one guy. I love one person. Right? Hey, listen. Just one person. Listen. I will just say the thing I've started to notice myself become really sensitive to is when someone says Katie missed this because I'm like, excuse me, I listen harder than anyone I've ever met. Travis has had moments where I make a point and Travis makes the opposite point that I just made. And I'm like, Travis, I well, just said that. There's a lot of times where I will say You stop something. listening. Yeah. So to your defense, there's Thank a lot you. going on, Thank especially you. people don't see the video part of that. And there, there is a lot. So I'll All I'm that. doing is listening. So when someone tells me I didn't hear something, oh, I take it personally. No, nobody listens more intently than you between the three of us. Which is annoying, I bet. I've tweeted during the podcast. Christina sent emails out during the podcast. Yeah, Katie they text. The podcast. My phone is off. Well, it's not off. I'm not going to lie. It's next to me, but I don't look no, at it. It is off because I sent you a text during this interview to help you out and you didn't get it. Oh, yeah. There it is. Let's see what it is. It's an hour ago. October 17, October 17 2015. What was that? Ra Rachel Nichols interview. Travis, that is so nice and helpful of you, but I can't. If I look at my phone, I'll lose my train of thought. I'll start playing a That's game. That's a good interview of you to not see your phone. Yeah, I just love talking to Rachel Nichols, and I hope everybody understands I why. I think she's my new favorite. She's uh, she's really remarkable. She's really remarkable. She's uh, the thing I wanted to ask her about that I'm gonna have to ask her about last time. Next time, it was something she brought up in our last interview, which is that she used to say, again, I told you I've been quoting this interview for years. She used to say that uh, I was like, how do you not let your Twitter mentions affect your life? How do you not let that take over everything you do? And she was like, look, when I leave work and I come home, I close a door. And when that door is closed, the only way you can get into my home is I invite you in. She was like, so I'm not going to invite in a bunch of people who are yelling at me. That would upset me. I know that it would upset me. So I won't invite them into my house. And I was like, that makes so much logical sense. And yet, here I am scrolling through Twitter, inviting a whole bunch of strangers into my home. But I wanted to know if that, uh, if she still has that approach, because I know my approach to social media has evolved over the years. I've never talked to her, met her, anything, and suddenly I feel like 
uh, we could be friends. Man, it's an, it is an honor. I don't know what I did to make her be so nice to me, but she has always been so kind to me. And one of the things I've missed the most in this pandemic, other than literally everything, is running into people that you run into at things. Sports has all these little events throughout the year where we all kind of see each other. And it's like, oh, hey, whether it's the Super Bowl or like All-Star Week or All-Star Weekend. But with Rachel's always the one that I'll see. And then we both get a bottle of wine and just sit for a long time. And by a bottle, I mean, you know, a, a bottle. Is it I'm before winking. 5 p.m. or after yeah, 5 p.m.? It's later usually. But like she's she's just a, a great hang. She's a great person to like sit and hang out with. And she'll tell you if she thinks you did something dumb, but she'll be nice about it. And she'll tell you if she thinks somebody else did something dumb and then neither of you have to be all that nice about it. She's uh she's very she's great. I love her. I'm so grateful for her. And I also okay. next time want to talk to her about how she is with younger women. I think she's re- very uplifting in a career that most, you know, not everybody is. And I want to know why she's like that. But I team, guess team, we'll do it later. Nichols. Because she's a, what did you say? Team Nichols? Team Nichols. She also gave me great advice on children that I, being 34, should probably check back in with her. So, yeah, that's a nice tease for the next time we have Rachel Nichols, Travis's new best friend, uh, back yeah, on we're the podcast. We're besties. We love her. We support her. Um, she's somebody that I think that you guys should you know, know about whether you like basketball or not. She's very, very smart. And, uh, and she's great. She's a good resource. So boom, now Rachel Nichols, you guys know her a little bit better. I hope, uh, that is it for this week's second edition of sports. Shout out to flame bears, that podcast I told you you should listen to, but you know, and, and this is out of respect. I don't listen to it before you listen to the recent episode of sports. I don't yeah, think listen, that's listen to this podcast twice before. Well, see, I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, should we tell them they can listen to this one once, then go listen to flame bears as an official podcast sponsor of this podcast, and then oh. go listen for the second time to sports. I'm going to hear, I think this is what's probably best. Listen to this podcast. Okay. Then see when the jump is on, depending on your time zone. Oh, good. And then if you have time, check out flame bears and then go to jump and then come back to us for a second. Listen. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So two things from Travis you should listen to. That and then don't Google whatever it is we're not supposed to Google. And the best way to get people not to Google it, folks, is to not repeat what it is. So that's what you saw me do just then, which is smart. Um, uh, If we want to get Bo to come on this podcast, we need to support his podcast first. That is, again, Travis, you're very very wise today. We've stated this before, an ultimate goal uh, and you know, as, as dreams go on, they do get bigger. So I don't want to make Bomani my ultimate goal, but I think I'm getting closer to it, but we've said Bomani is a goal for this podcast, interviewing Bomani and getting Bomani to open up on this podcast is a dream of mine. We're like I said, we're getting close. We're not there yet. Also, as a reminder, be chill. Don't tell him any of this. This is a safe space where we don't tell Bomani any of this stuff. Cause then he'll say no. Cause we can't like let him, him too know much. this. Yeah. Yeah. He can't this. You guys are in on a secret, which is a cool thing, right? feels cool to be in on a secret. So shh, but he's a goal. And in order for us to achieve that goal, I'm going to need something from you. And that's that we got to support his podcast. Uh, he, I saw right after it was either after or before, but I did notice when we interviewed L, I think he had L on and I saw a lot of people saying she was awesome on there. So if you need an entry point, you should listen to that. Uh, I know him and Dom do a lot of cool stuff on Foxworth. They Fridays. Do a, yeah. The yeah. Friday post, that's, so I just, I'm that. trying to give you points of entry. Bo is very smart. It's why I'm so scared to have him on here again, safe space. Don't tell me I said that. Um, and, and so go listen to his podcast because then maybe he'll start to notice that like, oh, people that like me also like Katie, which means Katie's worth, you know, we should go. So go check his podcast out. And if you're so inclined, you should leave a review. And if in that review you want to casually and coolly mention 
something to do with me or this podcast, Travis, even then do that. But don't make it obvious, guys. Be like, chill. Like, like, what's up? Katie said. Yeah, Hi. like, sup? Katie told me I should listen to this podcast and she was super right. Like she always is on her podcast. Would be cool if you went on. No, that's too thirsty. See, that's already too thirsty. Don't do what do as I say, not as I do. Just a simple what's up. While we're on the topic of what to say during reviews, I saw somebody on the Reddit say that we needed to leave 10 five-star reviews of Travis's hair, no, of Travis's selfie in order to get a Travis selfie. And I just want to clear this up. Please do not mention Travis's selfie in your review of the podcast. Travis will probably like that. But the review of the podcast will mean so much less. It will almost be worthless if you write, I'm only giving this five stars so Travis will post a selfie. Because then when new people who don't listen to the podcast and or Bomani Jones go and look at the reviews of our podcast and they're all about Travis taking a selfie, he's going to think that we're trivial, that we're flippant, that we aren't as deep and introspective as we are and that's so that's a good point too we need he, the stars but we do not have need a hairline he doesn't, yeah. have a, he doesn't have a hairline like i mean we he can't. might get jealous and not Jesus want to come on Christ, i beg of you travis to keep this same energy when Bo comes on this podcast because you're gonna shrivel up into a corn cob out of fear as soon as he's like i heard Bring you said it. my I'm hairline of Bo. the thing Oy is will Bo, they, I'm will Bo come on the podcast though that's the question i am terrified of bamani jones and i think I'm that's exactly why he'll come on the podcast because he will love for it to become his podcast. Whew, I learned that the hard way when I invited Stephen A on my late night show and boom, it's his now. And he deserves it. He honestly deserves it. I take it. Take the podcast, Bo. You can have it. But while it's mine, you got to listen to it twice. And I'd love if you left a nice review that didn't have anything to do with Travis's face. If you want to leave a five-star review, we used to say this back in the old days of sports. We haven't said it in a while. You only have to click that fifth star. You only have to click the one at the end. Same thing if you want to give it one star, start on the right. Click the first star on the right, and that one star review will be logged in perfectly and reflected as What if such. they don't know their lefts from their rights? Well, then that's a problem. I can't, I can't solve everybody's everything, Travis. All I can say is if you want to leave a one star review, I totally support you. Click the one star furthest to the right. Uh, you could always do that. I've been talking about reviews and then tried to segue into a review. I was doing really well this whole podcast. That was my first real running into a wall moment. So I'm going to let myself have that. Uh, leave us a review. Like uh, like this one from Rock Rockert. We, we, really, like, we really need to work with the people leaving the reviews. Work on your name. Well, I think usernames are tough. People don't talk enough about how hard it is well, to pick just, a name to represent you everywhere going forward. We've had someone leave a review as the Detroit Lions on December 30th. Like... Yeah, December 30th is a weird choice. But either way, Rock Gert, and it's never something that rolls off the tongue. It's not like Robert. It's Rock Gert. Have you ever seen a C next to a G? How often does that happen? Equire. Oh nope, that's a C next to a Q. Only on this podcast. I'm going to Google times that C's and G's happen back to and back, and then I'm never going to remember to tell you guys. Anyway, the review says, Katie, you are great at this. There's stars around the word great and stars around the word this. I love the interview pods as much as the Tuesday ones and Tuesdays seem to be finding their groove. Love you, mean it. That's an awesome review. I'll take that. We do seem to be finding our groove on Tuesdays. Although I am going to make one of you, I'm going to task one of you with the difficult task of Googling stuff while we're talking about it, because I feel like I can't multitask and I've been doing it. And, yeah, it's and been, your listening it's been, skills, we've noticed this week. They fall already, off. They, they taper off. off when I'm Googling. Maybe we'll see if Christina wants to be the Google 
queen. I get Maybe yelled at could... when I'm on my phone, so. Well, that's it's that the thing is, is if you're on the phone for something pertaining to the podcast, that's fine by me. And as long as I have one of you listening, I feel fine. But when I'm talking to nobody, I'm like, this is this. I think stinks. we can. I think we can joint research. The, right, we'll un- the union will research. Yeah, maybe discuss it with the union, warm the union to the idea, and then pre-Tuesday's pod, we'll discuss. Don't forget, guys, you can always leave up a voicemail. The number is 860-506-5571. Say goodbye, Travis. Goodbye, people. Oh, did I say thank you to Rachel Nichols? I know I raved about her, but I don't think I said officially thank you. So thank you to Rachel, and bye, and I love you, and also, I mean you.